They're the Combini Boys. They're the Combini Boys. They're the Combini. They're the Combini. They're the Combini. They're the Combini Boys. Welcome to the Combini Boys podcast, where my friend Mike and I share the latest and greatest from Japan's amazing convenience stores. In this week's episode, we check in on the scoreboard with new items at the Big Three Convini. We talk about the Japanese cultural phenomenon of sleeping and eating alone in Convini parking lots. We head to Gimba, where Mike reviews two chickies, and then we look at the history of Convini store growth. Now, let's head over to the Convini. They're the Convini, they're the Convini, they're the Convini boys. Hey, Mike. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Well, I'm in my L.L. Bean flannel pajama set with a cup of pour-over coffee oh, on a Saturday wow. morning, so it's going pretty damn well. How are things over in Japan? Yeah, I'm um, I'm sort of in the, uh, the, the flip side of you. I've got my... Um, I got my lemon oh, dough, oh, uh, seven yes. percenter. Yeah, one of my favorites. They're still the, selling that. Yeah, this series, I'm telling you, I just love it. The three, five, seven, nine percent different flavors. We talked about it before, but this is just a knockout. This is just knocking out of the park. Um, and I'm also in my pajamas, you know, Saturday night, nice. and I'm feeling, uh, yeah, just pretty dang good. Awesome. Well, uh, as usual, Mike, we got a lot to talk about this week. So Mm -hmm. uh, what do you say we kick things off? Yeah, let's get it started. I'm uh, so as you know, as we usually do, we start off with the chicky wars. And this week, Mm -hmm. as always, we got a new we got a new chicken. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and show you what we're working with this week. Uh, Just one chicky item this week. But boom, that's what we're looking at. Karage-kun with a new flavor, new in quotation marks, I'm not sure, but this is the Norishio Aji. Mm-hmm. And the Norishio, as you know, is the seaweed and salt flavor, a classic combo in Japan. Classic. Um, and we've got this kind of a funny, nice little picture here. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty interesting one. What's your, what's your feeling on this? Yeah, Mike, uh, a classic flavor as you said here um hard to believe this would be a new flavor uh for karaage kun uh in fact for whatever reason they're actually calling this kari age kun which i just realized um there's got to be something going on there that's worth an investigation um oh whoa what do we got here 40 years yeah 40 years of Karage Kun collaborate. Wait a second. What is Karage Kun? Forty years. We're gonna have to look this up. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, uh, hard to believe Karage Kun is forty years old. Um, <laughs> but in any case, uh, yeah, this would be known flavor. I think two hundred and three or two hundred and four. Um, always yeah. easily lose count here. But yeah, uh, no doubt this is gonna be good. Um, you know, it's nori and salt. Classic. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the taste of Japan, pretty much on uh, on fried chicken. Yeah, yeah, on fried chicken and chips as well. Norishio chips, one of my, f- well, I wouldn't mm. say my favorites, but a, a, just a, a real classic. And this combo, you're going to find it everywhere. And yeah, like you said, a little surprising because we're used to you know more sort of explosive sort of flavors coming out of the karagi kun. Yeah. But hey, you know, um, always happy to see it. As usual, it's off now to the scoreboard, Mike. And oh, yeah. uh, 
to remind our listeners, the scoreboard is where we look at new items coming out of each of the top three Kombini. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just take a look at the numbers here. Family Mart uh, next week is coming out with 50 new items. Mm. Lawson coming out with 36 and 7-Eleven coming out with a 143 new <laughs> items. Mike, your reaction to these numbers? I mean, it's very similar to how we've been feeling in the past couple of weeks. I mean, Lawson Family Mart, sure. <laughs> and then 7-Eleven again. Last week it was 80 or so, and now it's 140, which is the biggest number I've ever seen um, as we've been tracking this scoreboard. So, yeah, um, feeling similar to how I've been feeling the past couple of weeks. How about you? No, absolutely. Uh, Family Mart Lawson always staying right at that level. Uh, 50 for Family Mart Lawson, mid-30s, 7-Eleven, just a cannon shot. next week with 143 new items uh, and we're going to talk later in the show about how many kombini they need to ship 143 new items to it is really astounding not yeah. just from a product development standpoint but from a logistics standpoint but um let's go ahead mm. and jump into our the items that caught our attention as usual we've each okay. we've each picked out an item from each of the kombini here and uh, I'm going to go ahead and pop open what you got from Family Mart. Mm-hmm. And let's see, Mike, always curious to see what you got here. And let's see what it is. Oh, boy. Whoa. Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. So this is, uh, this is kind of a... <laughs> this is coming back to a couple of uh, things that we've talked about recently. Nikuman. I don't know if this is actually going to be a, a Mon, but I, it's definitely going to be in the Mon box. Um, and Nikuman, as we've talked about, is just steamed buns with things inside. And one of our favorites, and pretty much everybody's favorite uh, classic items with the community. The thing that really caught my eye is that uh, that thing that we've been talking about recently is just, you know, four cheese, five cheese, and now six cheeses. Six. Um, I don't know. Is this the most cheeses that we've seen so far? Um, did, I, maybe we saw six at some point. I'm not sure. But um, again, when is when is it too many cheeses? And again, I, I don't think this is the number. I'm excited. You know, um, I have no idea. I'm sure it tastes cheesy. Uh, but besides that, I'm not really sure. Oh, wait a second. Does that say five types of cheese sauce there? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm not actually cheese we're talking sauces this is cheese sauce um uh mysterious uh item but um yeah you know i love cheese i love mons hey this is this is my uh pick for the week here yeah my great pick uh wow six cheeses i am concerned as you are about the escalation of these mm. cheese war this is a cheese war cheese that we're war. in right now and yeah. um you know, at some point, one of these items is going to become so dense, it could <laughs> take on some kind of black hole effect. I could imagine you go to the convenience, pick one of these things up, and your whole body just collapses into uh, dust. It's just sucked in by, what, 130? They're going to have to start coming up with synthetic cheeses in the lab. They're going to run out of natural cheese to put in these products. This is, um, wow. Uh Whew. Definitely want to keep our eye on this. The cheese wars. Cheese wars. Yes, yes. All right, so what do you got? Yeah, what I got this week, um, I may have went off a little little off base here, but uh, 
boy. What we're looking at here is Family Mart. We got something what? called the Madon Tiramisu Roll Cake. Okay, and this is a special edition um, dessert product at a Family Mart. They're calling it their Patisserie Kihachi. Uh, I guess Kihachi put this together. He must be some famous uh, baker or something like this. Um, and it's fall. And fall means chestnuts in Japan. Oh, yeah. uh, they use the word madon, which I think is French. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Mike, I don't know that. about you, but this roll cake, it's got that spongy cake on the outside. And then inside, they got this rich, beautiful, soft cream. Two types, it looks like. And then those big, fat chunks of chestnut <clears throat> It's like a damn fine way to end the day right there. Yeah, this is beautiful. First off, um, what do you think's tucked in that corner there, that brown? Do you think that's the tiramisu flavored part? Or what do you think's going on there? I got to believe that is the tiramisu. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's got uh, two kinds of, of chestnut in a chestnut custard with a mm. tiramisu cream and coffee sponge cake. So that's what that is. That is the, that must be the chestnut custard. And the mm. lighter cream is the tiramisu cream. Oh boy. Wow. Um, I, yeah, so I guess we'll have to see. Do you think that this is, there with this patisserie, Kihachi is going for something like the, uh, the, the Uchi Cafe? I think we could be onto something here where uh, we saw 7-Eleven go to battle. Uh, with a new uh, upscale sweet series, which of course the uh, Katakuchi commentator totally blasted. Um, yeah, yeah. Which may be why we haven't seen new products out of that series <laughs> since that review. <laughs> and uh, Family Mart, yeah, they could be coming out with their own uh, Kihachi special edition um, dessert series. We'll see. Yeah, I'll have to. We'll have to get the the Katakuchi commentator back to talk about this. All right. What do you say we move on? I think next up is Lawson here. And Mike, mm. you got something for us. Let's see what that it is. That is right. Mm. So this is coming back to my um, uh, one of my favorites. That's the shoe. And as you remember, when we chose an uh, Uchi Cafe item for each other, you actually chose for me the Zaku shoe. Uh, which kind of reminded me of this, but this is taking the chocolate to a whole nother level. You see what's going on here? We got a a chocolate roll. We got chocolate sauce. We got chocolate chunks. Inside, it looks like at least two types of chocolate. One is that uh, cream chocolate. One looks like a chocolate sauce. I'm not sure, but I'm not especially like a super chocolate guy, but I love shoe, and I also love that it's uh, the Choco 2 Reminds me right. of the uh, the cheese dog too. So, dog um, too. yeah, I'm really excited about this, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try and get out and get it because this looks uh, this looks really good. Yeah, I took a hard look at this one, Mike. I almost picked it myself. It does oh. look absolutely outstanding. I t- I'm not a big chocolate guy myself, but I like what they've done here, especially with the textures. We got, of course, the soft shoe, but the crunchy mm-hmm. bits on top, I think, are a game changer. You get that crunch, 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 crunch mm. with that soft shoe on the inside, and that is just you know, a ballerina dancing on your palate there. Great choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Uh, my pick from Lawson, not as exciting, I'd say, but um, yeah. Ooh, Going wow, with the wow. Omu Rice, which I don't think we've talked about before. Omu Rice no. is a great Japanese dish. You take a pile of rice and then you pour on top of it a loosely cooked scrambled egg. Mm. And on top of this, of course, you have uh, a big big pile of demi-glaze sauce, which unfortunately appears to have formed a kind of film, uh, which I don't know why they shot it that way (laughs) for the marketing materials. But uh, the reason this appealed to me was um, I've recently transitioned to uh, becoming a Japanese housewife, and I've been making (laughs) Japanese meals all week long, including mabo dofu, don with homemade dashi, and nikujaga, again with homemade dashi. And oh. I could see this uh, omu rice becoming a part of my repertoire here at uh, my house in Cambridge. So uh, that's what was appealing to me about this particular dish. Yeah, I love this. This is this looks awesome. Omu rice, like you said, is something that we haven't talked about. But this is a whole. There are restaurants where all they serve is different types of omu rice, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> It's really amazing. And like you said, it's not too hard to make at home because all you really need to get together is some rice. You need to get together an egg on top and then mm-hmm. probably some sort of sauce. Usually, um, you know, demi-glace or even ketchup is, you know, ketchup. another big one. Um, Absolutely. But uh, yeah, nice uh, nice pickup here. The fuatoro. I always like a fuatoro. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I'm really glad you uh, you showcased the omurice. We're going to have to get back to omurice at some point for sure. At some point, yeah. It's such a great dish. All right. Uh, now off to the dumpster that is 7-Eleven here. Out of the 143 <laughs> items, I can't wait to see what you picked out here, Mike. What do we got? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Um, so this is a special one right here. There's a couple of legendary ice creams in Japan. And one of them is the Poppyco. And what is Poppyco? It's these, uh, these soda pop bottle shaped um, twin pair of uh, these soda pop plastic containers. And inside, usually, normally is the, just the regular chocolate. And how it works, you you pop one of those tops, maybe give the other one to your your pal, and um, then you just you know you steadily kind of work that thing into your mouth. And this is Gudiko, you know the the sweets uh, uh, manufactured in Japan, teaming up with Poppyco, uh, oh. or no, sorry. Uh, Oh my goodness. What am I talking about? Goodyko, I think just makes Poppyco. Yeah, Goodyko makes Poppyco. <laughs> right, and but this is the adult bitter chocolate so um i kind of wanted to just introduce Gurdiko in general but also i i i like the uh the bitter chocolate and um yeah so that's why i went with it this week yeah uh i almost picked this one as well so we were really? almost two for two yeah um oh, yeah wow. i love Papico. it's so fun you get the little soda bottle and you just like you said you squeeze it out mm. and i love yeah the adult a uh, bitter chocolate flavor that is outstanding um mm. making the appeal to to adults here um totally i would love to to slam on one of these poppycos this is an awesome awesome choice uh and also this is a limited edition run so you got to hop out there there's a sense of urgency got to get yeah. out and, and grab this thing awesome yeah 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 
All right. Well, it looks like we might have two elegant items from 7-Eleven this week. Uh, I went with the Hokuriku rice ball uh, with some fish and, uh, well, salted fish here. Um, What caught my Mm. eye, of course, was the Hokuriku rice. Yeah. And I thought this was a good opportunity to explain a bit about rice in Japan. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that uh, white rice is white rice, but uh, that's not the case at <laughs> all. Uh, first off, it's got to be from Japan if mm-hmm. uh, you're going to eat it. Otherwise, it really is just total garbage. And then second, yeah. even rice inside Japan uh, has different grades. Uh, of course, you got the Koshi Hikari, which is the number one brand. But then you got your Nasu Hikari, you got your Hitome Bore, etc. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know... Really, uh, what I think the, the, the best analogy I could come up with here is, you know, if you're eating Japanese rice, you're probably riding in like a Mercedes C-Class at a minimum. <laughs> but once you get up to this kind of hokuriku, this could be some koshi kari here, now you're probably rolling in like an S-Class, you know? You got the 14-way adjustable seats. <laughs> You got the maxed out Bose stereo system. You got a suspension that you're floating on. You know, there really is a difference. Um, But yeah, uh, good opportunity to just introduce some high quality rice. And I believe it's almost, uh, it could be, are they harvesting now, Mike? Uh, Yeah, they just, uh, they're just finishing or, or still, you know, at the tail end. So it's new rice season, even better. Yeah, yeah, no, good call. This looks great, and it's a, it's actually an onigiri without the. Uh, I think everyone's used to onigiri having the the seaweed on the outside, but you you can just have like a, just the straight rice, and mm-hmm. yeah, with the with the white fish like this, the I think it's that's Thai. Um, yeah, that just looks uh, really nice, and good call on introducing the rice. Yeah, like you said, it's a whole different uh, ball game. Like, don't even get over here and say, hey, let me get some rice from China or something. People just, oh they'll, they'll, they'll kill you where you're, where you're standing. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, this is, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, good call and, and looks really good. And surprisingly from, like you said, from 7-Eleven, two elegant choices there. So that's, uh, that's, that's not bad. All right, uh, so that's the scoreboard for this week. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see what's going on next week. Um, Maybe 7-Eleven will calm down. Who knows? They might be to 30 items next week, for all we know. All right, Matt. Well, um, we're heading into our main story this week, and um, this is something that we've wanted to talk about for a while. This is kind of going to get into a little bit of Japanese culture in general, but um, Mm -hmm. what we're talking about is the well let me just throw up a picture because i i just it's it's a little bit difficult difficult to sort of um to describe what i'm talking about so boom um here we go so what's going on here um so as you can see this is a man in a suit and he's sleeping um and he's probably sitting out in front of the kombini um and uh yeah let me let me give you another shot here what's this guy doing oh he's taking a nap and uh, oh, what's what's this lady doing? You know what? She's uh, she's watching TV in her car here. So this week, what we kind of wanted to talk about is the phenomenon of going to the kombini. You grab some food, and then you get back in your car. You leave the car running, and then you just sit there, watch TV, take a nap for hours on end. Um, 
Yeah, Matt, I know this is uh, something that, uh, that you've wanted to talk about as well. What, 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 do you, what do you make of this phenomenon? Yeah, uh, it's something that really surprised me initially when I went to Japan, seeing people parked in a Prius, either asleep or watching TV, uh, trash strewn about in the car, empty canned coffee cans, some bento boxes, chopsticks, etc. Um, but as I grew to understand Japanese culture, I, I, I think I began to realize the value of this because, of course, Japan, it's, it's, a, it's a communal culture. People don't do things on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't have a lot of alone time in Japan. You know, you're, right. you're, of course, with your family, then you're with your coworkers. Even after work, you may be going out drinking with your coworkers. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to escape from that, you have a a beautiful place mm-hmm. of uh, alone time inside what is probably a Prius um, where you can kick back, yeah. let the seat down, spread your legs out, throw a little uh, TV on the screen and just cram your face full of garbage bento. And uh, you know, you're probably either feeling really sorry for yourself or on top of the world. It's one of those two oh, extremes. Yeah. There's oh, nobody yeah. taking a nap inside of a Prius parked in a conveni, just kind of floating mid-level through life. You know, they're either feeling this is the greatest part of my day, or maybe I should just end it all right here. Um, no, I I think, uh, yeah, totally understand this part of the culture. And uh, I think it's, fan- I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, good, good, good call. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking like, you know, I think this is the, the equivalent of the, um, the love hotel in Japan, which our listeners probably know about, but a love hotel is basically a place where you go with your sweetie and you just go to this hotel and you just to have sex. And, um, so what, why is that? And I, I was, yeah, like you said, to sort of follow up on that. It's a communal culture. It's also houses are fairly small. Yeah. And, and a lot of times you're sort of just divided from your family by only like a thin wall. So yep. yeah, like you, you're sort of constrained in your house. And so the car and, you know, is, is this sort of like, I think it's the way in this, uh, you know, the way in the States as well, car is freedom and stuff like that. Yep. But I think in Japan, a car is sort of like a portable room it's like your portable yeah. like self-contained room Absolutely. and so yeah when you want to get away and um yeah just be by yourself and chill out and as you can see here for some reason in japan if you ha- if you own a tv you're you have to pay the government money but apparently if you're in a car you just have free tv everyone has free cable like all the time and um any car you get in japan is going to have TV. So people are driving watching TV. This is another sort of small little incredible thing about Japan. And there's nothing like sitting in front of the kombini. You get off work, you get in there, throw on the TV, like you said, slip off your shoes, lean back, and just sit there for the next two or three hours with your car running. Just just full blast AC. AC. <laughs> and you're just sitting there chilling out watching. And this is a... Um, a little known but very important feature of the kombini. 
Absolutely. And just a couple more things. You brought up some great points there, Mike. Uh, yeah, the TV situation is totally wild. You have car companies like Toyota investing billions of dollars into safety technology, Toyota Guardian, where you know you, you it'll auto brake for you if you yeah. are driving toward a pedestrian. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's totally okay to put a t- live TV program in the middle of your television, in the middle of your, your console while driving. So uh, hard to reconcile those two things. Um, and then your point about the portable room, totally true. You know, I made a joke about garbage strewn all over the car, which <laughs> is probably true as lunch is proceeding. But Japanese people take an incredible amount of pride, as they do really in every part of, of, of their life, with cleanliness. And, um, you know, a Japanese vehicle, it will be spick and span, uh, just as a house would be. So totally right. It's a portable home. It's an escape. It's freedom. And uh, that the Konbini lets you sit there and chill out for as long as you want is just totally awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so if anybody comes to Konbini, you want the real Konbini experience. This is a part of the real Konbini experience. So Rent a Prius, park at Family Mart, take a nap. That's <laughs> after right. eating two family chickies, a Nikuman, and, a, and coffee. Yeah. Lie down, take a nap. Yeah. yeah. That should be part of every Japan tour experience. You got your rope, your, your Yokan experience, and then you get a nap at the Konbini. Nap at the Konbini. That's right. All right. Well, All right. um,. That's our take on a critical part of Japanese culture for this week. Um, Now up to uh, one of our most popular segments, actually my favorite segments, at the Gemba with Mike. The Gemba, of course, the place where the action happens. Mike, you're in Japan Mm -hmm. and able to uh, give us not just a peek, but a review of some items that we're talking about. Uh, And what do you got for us this week? So this week, I uh, last week, we had a cup. We picked up a couple items from the Chicky Wars, and there you go. Number one is from Family Mart. They had their black pepper family chicky, mm. and as we talked, you were not so excited about it, and I was pretty excited about it. And I gotta say, I think you were right. Um, hmm. I was hopeful that this black pepper was gonna add just that special little twist mm. that would make it. Uh, that would be great. But to be honest, it just tasted like a family chicky with extra pepper. Yeah, no surprise there. That's pretty much exactly what it is. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like it was the three countries peppers. I didn't really notice uh, that sort were, of medley. What they were push, pushing was the, also the aroma. Did you get any, any aroma out of it? Well, yeah. I mean, it. it I had the pepper aroma coming. Um, okay. So it did have that aroma, but um, yeah, in in total, just a mm, lackluster, lackluster, nothing, nothing too exciting. All right. Well, uh, a more interesting flavor was out at, uh, I believe it was Lawson. This was the El mm-hmm. Chicky Honey Maple flavor. Um, what's your take on this one, Mike? Yeah, we were both pretty excited about this. Pumped up. And um I hate to say it, 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 was, it wasn't that good. It, I mean, it was fine, but let me describe. Like, I was, from this picture, you're thinking you go in, you you know, I, I don't know. I was expecting something different. This is what I experienced. I walked in, and I was like, 
I went out, it was actually yesterday. I went out just because I wanted to get this, this chickie. So I stepped into Lawson and I looked at the chickies and I saw it was just a, it's just an L chickie. And you could just see that they just kind of like, they kind of like, you know, painted, painted the maple honey sauce on there. That, that's all that it was. There was nothing, it was not injected. There was nothing inside. It was just a boom, one side as well. Just and a painting. So, mm. Just a painting. So like, as soon as I saw that, I still got it, but, and you know, it was fine. You know, El Chicky's fine. And, but it was just, you know, I could have done that at home. I could have taken some honey and just kind of like draft it on. So, yeah, no, I'd say this was, uh, um, uh, well, I mean, you have it, you know, it was fine, but, um, yeah, it, it wasn't what we were expecting. Like you said, I think you were really looking forward to the, how they were getting that, that's maple syrup in there. Yeah. We were speculating they had maybe a Ron Pope peel, uh, device back there, uh, injecting the chickies with the honey maple flavor, but yeah, very mm-hmm. disappointing to see it's just brushed on. I was actually so excited about this chickie. I was trying to imagine the flavor in my head and I was thinking this is, this is similar to a McGriddle, the McGriddle of course, where oh. McDonald's it's the sausage pancake combo where the pancakes yeah. act as the bun pancakes mm. injected with maple syrup. Right. Uh, and this, I thought this was even a more uh, innovative version of that, where you combine all the elements into a single piece. You have mm-hmm. the chicken meat, you have the breading as the kind of bun, and then injected into that the honey maple syrup. But uh, clearly not as sophisticated as that. It's just painted on. So a little bit disappointing there uh, for both yeah. chickies this week. Um, yeah. Yeah, hopefully we'll get something a little bit more exciting uh, in the future. Yeah, yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate, you know, week. But, um, you know, um, I think that uh, we have plenty more chickies to look forward to. So, (laughs) All right. So, um, yeah, so closing it out here, we've got the convenient news. And this week, I I think we've got something exciting and something uh, that um, everybody's going to be interested to see. Let me just go ahead and share this because... uh, Matt, we were looking at this before we started. Basically, we've got a breakdown. We've got some graphs and we've got some numbers about how many kombinis are there in Japan, which kombinis leading, and what's the trends going on there. So um, let me just uh, scroll down here. This is a 2020 uh, September. Uh, this is the current state of kombinis in Japan. And this is our first graph. This is the number of kombinis in Japan. And unfortunately, this one only goes up to 2018. But Matt, as you can see, um, there's some interesting data here. Yeah, no. Um, well, uh, starting in uh, 19, uh, I believe it's, uh, what do they got? 83. Uh, there were mm-hmm. 6,308 kombinis. There are now 58,340 kombini across Japan. Uh, that's a tenfold increase in uh, what? What is that? A thirty-year period. Um, yeah. And that's 2018 data. We're probably looking at closer to probably 60, 65,000 kombini. And the shape of this graph is—I uh, wouldn't even call it a hockey stick. I would just call it a sort of straight line <laughs> heading toward the freaking moon here. Um, <laughs> And we're at a point where you can't really be far from a conveni no matter where you are. Certainly if you're in an urban area, yeah. you could probably turn in any direction, hurl a football, and hit a conveni. 
even yeah. if you don't have a strong throwing arm. If you're yeah. in a rural community, uh, undoubtedly the Konbini is at the center of your town. Um, exactly. And there yeah. are probably maybe one or two Konbini uh, in your little town. So, um, yeah, uh, this tremendous rise in convening numbers, and I hope it keeps climbing, frankly. Uh, I don't think we have enough yet. Uh, I see a loss <laughs> across the street from a family mart. I'm asking, well, where's my 7-Eleven? This is 7-Eleven, yeah. And, uh, all right, so speaking of um, 7-Eleven, all right, here we go. This is updated. This is uh, August 2020. This is the count for each convini in Japan. We got 7-Eleven with 20,000. We've got Family Mart with about 16,000, 17,000, Lawson with 14,000, 15,000. And these, this is why we always talk about these three. You can see the difference, the huge drop to the next highest uh, count, which is Mini Stop. Then you've got Daily Yamazaki, Seiko Mart, which we talked about as Hokkaido specific, and then New Days, which I actually don't really know. Um, so as you can see, I mean, 7-Eleven is currently the king. Yeah, and uh, just thinking back to the new items from the scoreboard this week, uh, 7-Eleven has almost 21,000 konbini operating across Japan that they right. need to distribute out 143 new items to next week. Week. That is an extraordinary operation uh, that, frankly speaking, quite frankly, I'm really not <laughs> able to grasp. Um <laughs> But yeah, 7-Eleven, a clear lead in in the uh, Konbini market in terms of number. Uh, But, Mm -hmm. you know, Family Mart, 16,000. Lawson, almost 15,000. Yeah. Uh, So the coverage, again, is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And let's see, just looking more at this breakdown. So here we've got a a final graph here. And this is showing the the growth and uh, the growth of each Konbini. This is from... uh, uh, April 2000 until uh, June, wait, yeah, June 2020. So the top, there you've got 7-Eleven, the king. Next, you've got Lawson, the green here. Then you've got Family Mart, boom. And then below that, you've got Circle K Sunks, which we'll explain in a second. And then finally, this uh, this purple, you've got Mini Stop. The Circle K Sunks used to be a, a huge chain and huge. one that Matt and I loved. Um, loved. And as you can see right here in about 2016, they were actually bought out by Family Mart. And that's why you see this huge sort of divergence here. Basically, all these Circle K and Sunks became Family Marts. And even after that, I mean, they still didn't reach the level of 7-Eleven. Um, so, yeah, what, what do you think about this, uh, this growth here? Yeah, the competition is fierce, and uh, rolling it up is really all um, they could do to to compete with Seven Eleven and Lawson. Mm. Uh, from Family Mart's perspective, they purchased Circle K. Circle K was my favorite conbini when I lived in the Noto. Circle K was the predominant conbini. Yeah, and uh, another great example where it was just the foundation of the community. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a little town called Yanagita in the middle of that town surrounded by mountains and rice paddies there was the circle k <laughs> glowing like it's powered by its own nuclear reactor in the middle of the <laughs> probably would it be a dark sky zone had it not been for all the light coming out of that conbini but it was just fantastic um yeah. and in terms of numbers here uh yes yeah, city growth across all three 
uh, Family Mart with the Circle K injection had that rapid growth uh, just because mm-hmm. it added all the all those convenient. And you know, I noticed the only thing that was able to slow the growth down was COVID nineteen. Here, uh, the yeah. curves level off mm-hmm. really um, when once the pandemic really takes hold here. So hopefully. We'll see. We'll continue to see growth following the um, the end of the uh, the pandemic here. But uh, yeah, I'm hopeful that you know Seven Eleven will be pushing thirty thousand. Yeah, uh, Family Mart will be pushing twenty five thousand. Uh, Lawson will be pushing you know fifteen twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I want a convenient on every corner. I want a convenient in every household. <laughs> uh, just uh, we need more. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're just going to have to, this is, this is something we're going to have to check in with them, uh, you know, every, every so often, just see what's going on because, um, you know, it's something that I think interests us and our viewers and listeners as well. Absolutely. Um, so uh, that's all we got for this week, Mike. Wow, episode 23 in the can. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, to the podcast or watching our video on YouTube, uh, please subscribe to the podcast in our YouTube channel and give us a rating that helps uh, more people find the podcast. Also, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, share, comment, whatever you want to do. Uh, if you do have a Conveni memory or anything to say about the Conveni at all, uh, dial into our number. You will be the first caller uh, at 617-453-8207. Uh, Thanks again, everybody. And uh, Mike, I guess I'll see you at the convening. See you at the convening.